Hello, this is uh, another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts. I'm David Turner, and today I'm joined by Rachel Black, and we're in South East London uh, in Lee Green. It's a bit weird because I haven't been here since I used to go to primary school around the corner, and I haven't been here since then. Um, by way of introduction, we're going to have a poem from Rachel. So here we go. Thanks, David. Angel Station. I kissed him at Angel Station between the two platforms of the Northern Line, that great subterranean route that connects the sticks to the stone, glass and chrome heart of the city. Two floors below ground, he made my heart pound and I found the friable floor beneath my feet as powder, insubstantial for me to stand on. And as the palpitations racked my chest, he stole my breath and I did it again. The next time, at Waterloo, Named so apt because it truly was mine, I let him go, let him pass through, and as he disappeared towards the tube, I knew I was defeated. The previous kiss was not repeated. Instead, just left ungestured as I said goodnight, and travelling home, I kicked myself and cried. Weeks passed, and several rendezvous all safely chased, until, at last, under Christmas lights one night at Bond Street, as the Jubilee line silver grey ushered us our separate ways, my heart escalated from the touch of his lips, feeling my soul soar two flights above as we kissed. There are 270 underground stations, 267 more places to convey this elation I feel when I'm with him, and I wonder which one will witness the next kiss. Thank you, Rachel, and hello. Hi. Hello. Um, just a quick one. Why is the southbound Northern Lines platform at Angel so wide? <laughs> so much wider than the North... Anyway, no, sorry, <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> well, really you know, If anybody knows, can someone uh, email me? At, um... <laughs> researching my poem, obviously, I did extensive measuring of platforms <laughs> yeah. for that one. Yeah, I, I might write a poem about that. It really bugs me. Um, the first question is, yeah. why, why poetry? Um, I found out what poetry was when I was at prep school, and I was about six or seven, and I had a teacher called Mr Walker. He was actually the headmaster of the school, and he was an English don, um, and then got sacked from his university, as I understand it, uh, and went to teach at some tiny prep school. And um, he was very much into... Um, obviously the classical canon and and then people like you know Auden was one of his favorites and and when you read Nightmare for example <clears throat> by W.H. Auden when you're a kid because it's that train it's that rhythm it's mm. that whole you know the imagery of the you know moorlands and the boulders and all of that kind of thing it's really um, evocative I think particularly for a child and so I I got into it through him and and we had poetry competitions at school and I put myself forward for lots of that sort of stuff. And also, I came from a theatrical background. My, my dad's an actor, for example. My grandfather was an um, actor and model and stuff like that. So kind of performances in the family anyway. And so it was something that was an easy route to do little short performances. So it kind of started at school when I was very small. And then I went through and had English ruined by school, I think. <laughs> as lots of people do, you do GCSEs and it kind of crushes those amazing novels that you're forced to read. And and so I did it for A-level, which was a mistake. <laughs> and I decided to stop there and not go to university and not, not carry on. And um, I think that poetry for me was something that I came back to whenever I felt unfulfilled artistically, because I, I'd started on the journey of becoming an actress, which is what I do and, and, and did, and, and that was great. And I did my training and all that kind of thing. And then in, in, the, in the moments when 
maybe there wasn't so much acting work around or maybe um, you know like recently I had my daughter uh, five years ago and in the f- last five years you know my body changed my mm. I, I changed my casting category sort of kind of went from young nubile <laughs> type to haggard old mum <laughs> and there's not so much work for those sorts of roles so um the poetry for me I started the performance poetry side the kind of the stand-up poetry whatever you want to call it purely to fill in for the lack of of performance work that I was getting and also I've always written I continue to keep writing poetry all the way through my life because I find it cathartic yes and of course that kind of stuff doesn't ever make it to an audience or or to the page because because that would be terribly wanky (laughs) but um, I also wanted to keep it going um, because it keeps your mind kind of nimble and and your thoughts fresh and it makes you it keeps you creative i think it's it's a nice easy short fix you can knock out a poem in an in an hour you know you can take days over it Mm. but you can also knock it out in a very short space of time and i think that that for me is an exercise a creative exercise is something that's very important um and then i found the performance poetry scene through um mark grist a couple of years ago when his girls who read and all of that kind of thing yeah, and his yeah. his um work with Mixie and the the viral video that he did with um uh what's his name the kid that they set it up as a, a you know a, a rap battle yes yeah, yeah yeah so all of that stuff um yeah that caught my attention and I wrote to Mark and I said look I found this poem you did it's called girls who read I really like it but I think I could do one better <laughs> <laughs> and so I rewrote it as as a bloke who reads and yeah. uh, I sent it to him and I said what do you think? And he said, actually, I think that's really good. Yeah, it is better than mine, but shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> and uh, and he said, well, you should go and do this thing. So I found Niall O'Sullivan at Poetry Cafe and I went and did my my Tuesday night induction, as everybody does, yeah, I think. Does, yeah, yeah. The, um, um, poetry introduction. Yeah, cafe. yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, made my introductions. And then, um, and then I, I kind of worked out what the poetry scene wanted and I started writing that kind of thing. <clears throat> so I kind of changed my style a lot and went from very pagey stuff to very stagey stuff. And that's what really gets me going now. I think I love giving an audience something to laugh about or cry about or think about. I want to change how the audience feel inside. So all of my stuff is very much geared towards the audience. I don't really... Yeah. Well, speaking of um, the audience, that was going to yeah. be the next Sorry. question. So no, it's fine. Uh, it brings us on quite nicely to the next question anyway, about how often do you read your poetry in public? And, um, well, when I started off, I found it very easy to um, pick up gigs and stuff because I went to every single gig I could possibly find and, and that was great and then people start booking you for their nights and that's, that's wonderful. And then I got to a point just about a year in and I thought... Christ, I'm bored of my own work and I've been reading the same kind of 20 poems <laughs> over and over and over. And I didn't have any real impetus to, to create any more. So I put it down for a year and a bit. And then recently again, this year, uh, sorry, last year, um, in the summer, I went back to it and, and I've picked up a few gigs again. And, and I think once you're in it, it's easy to pick up gigs and you yes, kind of yeah, talk yeah. to the people and you go around to everyone's nights and you perform there. So I do it as often as I can, as often as people will allow me to. <laughs> um, but it's not something that I think, you know, I feel sad and dejected if I haven't been booked for three weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, have you had anything published? Um, I have. Yeah. I've had bits and bobs published in various things. I mean, you know, when I was seven in the school magazine was my first poem. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my mum and dad have still got a copy of it somewhere. But um, yeah, I've had stuff in The Guardian, which was quite exciting because my mother showed everybody yeah. and uh, and framed it. And, <laughs> um, and then other like zines and things like that, yeah. people's blogs. 
Um, as far as publishing a book is concerned, it's not something that I particularly care about at the moment. No, I'm it not... wasn't really that I was yeah. asking anyway. It's not... Um, a, there, there are so few people that actually get to publish... And it's, I think if you want to do it, yeah. it's there and you can do oh, it. So you can self-publish anyway. So it yeah. really, I should maybe reframe that question and rephrase that question. No, I think it's because, important um, though. No, no, because I think most people, if like you're saying, if you hmm. were very interested in publishing or being yeah, published, you'd you go could down just, like, route. just go onto Am- oh, what's that site? It's the link with Amazon. You just go on. Yeah, 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 totally, it they, yeah. It's print per order, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Print on order. Um, uh, Although good luck to those who do, so you know. <laughs> oh no, absolutely! But just don't try and sell me your book for three pounds next time. <laughs> I don't mean it's not going to mean any good, but I just yeah. can't afford to keep buying all these books. Exactly, I they know. I've got loads up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they should come attached, like in W. H. Smith, where everything comes with a half-price Galaxy bar. Yes, and then I think maybe maybe I might now that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I was on Twitter the other day. There's a guy called um, Joseph Clark who I just love and adore, and he tweeted something about. Um, my next poetry anthology I'm going to sell with a free gram of, of GAC because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only way the fuckers are going to pick oh, it that's up that's going to help your poetry in the market yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe on, on yeah maybe another poem yeah. <laughs> thank you okay uh, I am going to okay this one is called Frustrated fuck I want more of you. I'm frustrated and hate this stalling. Every inch and atom of my being's calling you. I'm falling hard here and it's only from fear of losing this tenuous thing that I hesitate, stop still and wait. You said I was hot to handle and while I feel the need to prohibit any scandal and keep this on the down low, for both of us it's a no-no for many and several reasons, not least a sense of treason, trespass against those around us. I, I need more of you. I need to up the heat and sate the yearn. I feel so deep. This is hysteria resistance. It makes me apply brakes. Something I'm unfamiliar with, but I need to protect you from me. And so I leave, unfulfilled again and waiting, unrequited till the next time when I hope against hope I'll find you there with arms open wide, wanting to act, as I hate this sensation of hiatus. In fact, it fuels my crazy, compromises my status as a rational being, and I can't see for seeing. I'm screwed because of how much I want to immerse myself in you. Perspective is skewed into delusion. A fusion of reality and invention. I think I mentioned this before, that I'm not normal. And being muy caliente may be part of my charm, but the viciousness with which I want you makes me want to self-harm. And though I won't, I'm unsure of what to do. And so I just thank you for being you. And you say that's all you know. And I say you're my muse, but I still rue this decision to cause us this fission and not use you how I really want to. And as I walk home tonight, the wind blows bitterly cold, though my aching flesh and bones and my feet freeze in icy puddles beneath, it's better than the alternative. Overthinking and berating myself for not being good enough, not being pretty or clever or hood enough. I worry that I'm not tough enough, that you'll reject me because my step's not dub enough. But inside, I know that's not right. We've already hit heady heights, an emotional contract. There's no going back and I know that I'm forward, but this hurts so bad when I lack you. I hated tonight. 
It was like being a million miles from your immediate vicinity and I had to call up all the reserves of decorum within me to sit by your side and leave you alone and ingratiate myself with your mates and watch you from afar so close on my own. You once said I shone like a star. Every time we meet I want the same chance to prove my worth, to impress upon you my wit and verve in the hope that something occurs and stirs you to eschew social protocol and show me I've earned your attention and perhaps your affection but it's not always feasible and I know I'm unreasonable to expect something commensurate with my intemperate nature but I'm frustrated, unsatiated, this burns. So. I nervously, reservedly reverse out of this situation, and I held back as you walked me to the station, still with that usual sense of elation at being in your presence, but resenting the crowd around us, those plus ones who stopped this potential for blissful interaction, keeping me from achieving satisfaction, and so we part. With a single platonically planted kiss on the lips, missing a hint of the frisson on with which I wish to insist you go. We part solo. Leaving it on the down-low, figurative ellipses hang in the air. A space once positive is no longer there, a negative void is left. Breath baited. I go home frustrated. Thank you very much. Uh, how do you critique your own work? I mean, do you have... Um, Harshly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have people you share it with? Or um, do, you, do you take feedback, do you look yeah. feedback from audiences? Or? Um, generally to write I need to be obsessed about a person, place or thing and quite usually it's a person. So I kind of fall in love with people all the time and I obsess <laughs> terribly about them and then I create a piece of work and so quite often I'd like to show it back to them and see what they think and see if they recognise, not for praise sake, but just to see if they recognise any of themselves in it yeah. and sometimes it might be something quite abstract. So if I were to write a poem about you I, I wouldn't necessarily I, you know, mention your name or anything that we've done, it might be you know, in, in completely abstract terms. And, I, and yet I would want you to be able to recognise something yes, of yourself sure. in it. So, And if you couldn't, then I would go back and redraw it and readapt it. But So I guess that's partly where I go to for, for critique. Um, also, I go to... Um, my dad is, as I said before, um, he, he's an actor and, and of the very sort of classical old school as well. So um, his appreciation of text and, and what works in performance, I, I'd, you know, I, I hold his opinion in, in high esteem because I think he knows me very well and he knows how I write very well and he knows what kind of technically works well and so I, I often go to him and say dad how's this looking how's yeah. this working and it will usually be from a technical point of view so not so much about content but about you know the rhythm the meter sure. the pace yeah. whatever um from a sort of a literary perspective yeah I've got lots of friends in the game so yeah we all talk about these things and and if somebody's got an idea about something that I've done I might go back home and redraft something and think "Ooh, so-and-so said this maybe I should try it you know x y or z way um, but but a lot of the time it's me and my husband sitting on the sofa that you're sitting on right now, <laughs> and, and I'll read something to him and he'll say, yeah, no, that's if it if it if it stops him watching Match of the Day, yes, it's yeah, a good poem. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Usually, if pe um, if people can stop me thinking about pie and mash, then they've written yeah. something really right. Nice. Sweet, yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen very often. Um, I'll do my best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how would you like to see your writing progress? Have you? And the idea is would you like to write something longer or you have you just sort of improving what what you're doing? Um, I think for me, um, at the moment, progression would be churning out more um, of the kind of performance-orientated poetry 
that I'm really enjoying writing at the moment, and, and that's primarily because I'm enjoying it so much. Um, I'm not looking to make a, a, a massive career out of this, so yeah. there's no sort of plan as, as far as that would go. Um, somebody asked to publish some of my work in an anthology recently, and it all went south mm. because she wasn't doing what she said she was going to be doing, which is a shame, but I don't really have an eye on being published in a book or anything like that particularly. However, if it were to happen, I think it would be an interesting exercise because sure. then it would turn me completely around the other way again and, and make me write in a very different way, which would, um, again, you know, be a good exercise. But as far as progression is concerned, no, I just want to carry on doing more of the same, really. Let's have some more on the same. Let's have another poem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and make it not, not too samey, obviously. <laughs> um, okay. Two minutes, which ironically takes longer than two minutes. (laughs) So, this is how it goes. My back is to the wall. You're much taller and tower over me, and my heart is racing. I face you. The laser-like gaze is scintillating, and all I can hear is crackling static. I feel panicked and frantic inside, and my frame shakes, and I'm sure you think I'm far less interesting than you previously did, but still, here we are. Reality expands and contracts, so near yet far, and as you interlace your fingers with mine, my breath's undermined. I struggle to respire, giddy and high. You steady me by dropping a kiss on my cheek and say, see, relax, it's just me. And right then, the rain-washed pavement beneath our feet falls away from under me, and the sky falls down from over our heads because of those words I just heard, the ones you just said. You're talking to me, you. You are talking to me and touching me and it's all so much. The internal spin never ceases within and all I want to do is kiss you. I focus on your lips. This is it, for real. Not a picture ripped off the internet. This is that fit bloke I once watched who floored me with his wit. This is him. And I look and I know them so well. The line and the form, the dips and the swells of that perfect mouth. And then your head moves slowly towards mine. Fingers grip tighter. I rise slightly on my toes to meet you halfway. What am I doing? This is crazy. It's obvious he amazes me, but what if he doesn't like me the same way? Shut up, Rage. Fears are relayed, dissolved away by the way you expertly press your soft flesh to mine, eliminating my breath. I shake once again. And the sensation of your skin on my skin makes me effervesce and fizz as you drop my hands and place your palms on the sides of my face and draw me close in. I close my eyes and melt into you, rendered senseless and struck dumb. You achieved quite the feat for one usually so verbose and loquacious. I can barely inhale, let alone say shit, and I feel every minute movement of the musculature of your mouth. Your tongue meets mine, and you lick my lexicon and blow my mind. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, last couple of questions. Yeah. Um, what have been the main influences over your development as a writer or performer? Um, I think reading everything that I've ever read, and that goes for the back of a fag packet to, you know, Chaucer and, and Shakespeare and everything in between and around. I think um, as far as actual people are concerned, um, it might not be necessarily that apparent in my work, but um, I 
I think, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop music and I love a lot of jazz music. So the rhythmical element and the sort of internal rhyme element of my work um, is heavily influenced by that mm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, as far as real people are concerned, I take my influences from everybody I meet. So it could be anyone. It could be somebody standing at a bus stop. It could be a best friend. It could be, yeah, a family member, anything. Um, and then obviously it's kind of all, um, I put it into a, a kind of machine <laughs> that was created at school and, and by my parents teaching me how to, how to learn, how to assimilate information, how to kind of throw that information back out into the world in a different way. And uh, is there anything, or are there any, yeah, is there anything you would recommend to uh, people to go out and see or read or watch? And this doesn't have to be poetry, basically. Yeah, everything, all of it. I feel like I feel as an artist of any description, whether you you're a dancer or a poet or a writer or whatever. Um, I feel that you are like a, a vessel that needs constantly filling up. So you need to. Um, put as much information in there as possible and whether that's you know pictorial information or or you know it can be going to a concert or it could be you know and there are many different kinds of concerts that you can you can as long as you're constantly doing something to take in some information every day it doesn't matter where it comes from because it's all useful and it all sticks in there in your head it all you know it will come out at the right point when when you need to draw on it 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 will be there for you. So read as much as you can, listen to as much music as you can, do as many, you know, varieties of, of sort of cultural stuff as you can, go to galleries, go and do things that you never thought that you would like to do. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, my dad would play country music and, and I'd think, oh my God, this is awful. Now, I, you know, I bought a Dwight Yoakam CD the other day, so... Um, is that a real person? Yeah, he is. He's like Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> so, you know, and I... And and whilst it might not be my my number one album on iTunes at the moment, it's definitely something that I will I've found you know has influenced my work a bit. And I think it's really important to throw yourself into situations, um, either culturally or sort of you know or personally even, that challenge you in some way. Do something that frightens you. Do something that makes you makes your heart race. Um, do something that you feel automatically what you wanted to say no to. <laughs> I think I agree with that. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you very much, Rachel. Thank that's you. Really nice. Thank you for thank having you for me. Poems. Um, Rachel, uh, you can follow Rachel on Twitter. What is that Twitter slash? Uh, I'm at Rachel Black. At Rachel Black, but that link will be under. Um, again, I'm pointing down <laughs> on an audio recording uh, to signify that that link will be underneath the video when you're watching it because this will go out on YouTube. You will be currently looking at YouTube is below the video. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. You lot clear off. <laughs>